Hello, and welcome back to Two Bar Stools and a Knife, talking about the hospitality industry then, now, and in the future. From FIU Chaplain School of Hospitality and Tourism Management and the McCarty Center of Excellence, I am Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by Professor Brian Connors and Chef John Noble Massey. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning, Professor Dodge. What's going on, guys? It feels like it's been, you know, a week since we've talked. Yeah, well... (laughs) About that. We're officially living in Groundhog's Day, you know. Yeah. And I, I have the right last name of, of Connors, but uh, mm-hmm. well, I, finally here it's it's every day is becoming the same. I'm uh, uber stoked about today's guest. Uh, I'm, I'm so stoked too. about today's guest. We're yeah, going yeah. back into the, the kitchen. Uh, another uh, well-known uh, Florida staple joining us today. So this is well. Before we get started, I got a quick question because I know that we yep. will be talking about uh, comfort food at some point today because you know, our guest likes a comfort food. So last night for dinner, I made lasagna. And I got a question for you. And uh, chef, before we even introduce you, you can chime in on this. Do you guys cook your noodles? I'm not the, the culinary guy. I'm the drinking guy. Do you guys cook your noodles first? No. No. Okay, good. I, I have to cook all the sauce. See, I'm right yeah. there with chef, but I have a gluten-free uh, missus. And so that's been one of our challenges. And I don't know about you guys, but if we have a, a storm, a hurricane, including in the beginning of this crazy pandemic, I always cook lasagna because you can stick it in the fridge or stick it in the cooler and pull it out whenever you need it. You can heat it up on the stove mm. top. You know, you don't have a microwave. You can heat it on the back grill. Blanche so, cabbage leaves and layer them up as if they were lasagna leaves. Uh, Blanche what leaves? Oh, cabbage. Or kale or collard. Kale, kale. Even romaine lettuce, any of it, just blanch it in a little bit of chicken stock and layer it up as if it was pasta. I'm gluten-free as well now. All the great things that come with old age. And uh, it's amazing how beautifully it works. I used half pasta, half um, zucchini, and it came out very nice. Zucchini. Zucchini is great as well. That's good because the moisture level in it. That's the great. moisture. I, that's what I figured. That's why I didn't boil the pot. All right. So enough <laughs> about my uh, now my crappy now lasagna that I made. For the races on food discussions. Yay. Exactly. So before we get started, Brian, what's going on in Bacardi World? Yeah. Thank you very much, Nathan. Yeah. Bacardi Center of Excellence. We have some big news. I, I got a lot of big news this morning. So uh, very happy to report uh, for the first time. We broke 1,000 courses taken on Bacardi Teach. Michelle, that is our online learning platform. We launched super fast to help out people and to upskill uh, during these very challenging times for our industry. Uh, so that's fantastic. Also very exciting news. We have lined up our next Bacardi Talks coming up. It'll be our friend in Vegas, Elizabeth Plow, will be joining us, a, a legendary restaurateur out there. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, women in hospitality, some new things that she's doing. But uh, she Elizabeth, is, yeah, she's great. So, uh, another class. Yeah, I was super stoked and nervous. <laughs> so, there you go. So, you're going to, well, you'll have to chime on and maybe we'll have you uh, as a guest too. And uh, so, that's going great. Uh, the scholarship has also uh, been kind of brought all in. We're going to be announcing those in the coming weeks. Uh, and of course, the internship program is going well. Uh, the Bacardi Spirits program also, the classes have filled up nicely. Please remember to talk to your advisor if you have any questions about that, or feel free to reach out to Professor Dodge, myself, or Christina, and we'll definitely point you in the right direction. But the big news, definitely over a 1,000 courses taken. I uh, just got that update this morning. As a matter of fact, 1,054 courses. Uh, they're all very, free. very. So if you are uh, listening to this and you you aren't sure about doing it, they're free. So hop on, yeah. take the courses, uh, get a certificate. It's great. 
Yeah, and then of course with uh, Elizabeth Blau joining us on, most likely it will be the first week in August. We're looking at August 6th, same bat time around one o'clock. And we're looking forward to having a great conversation with her and kind of tying this all in. So that's what's going on in the Bacardi world. I'll throw it back to you, Mr. Nathan Dodge. I got nothing else. I'm going to throw it to John, John Noble, man. <laughs> and let him do the, uh, well, the introduction. Well, 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 let's play tag then. Okay. Well, it is my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome our guest today, chef, author, restaurateur, TV personality, and just an all-around awesome individual, Michelle Bernstein, is joining us today. Congrats, Michelle. Thank you. How have you been? Uh, you know, <laughs> kind of freaked out like everybody else. It's been uh, it's been very up and down. Um, you know, you salt and pepper in that your father has a stroke three weeks into Corona, and uh, you decide with your husband that it's better to close your businesses before um, Miami Dade tells you to because you see the numbers and you're terrified. And you know, none of it is good yet. We feel still super lucky. I mean, we're all really healthy. We get tested constantly. Okay, not constantly because the weight is now impossible, but we were getting tested a lot, making sure we're all okay. And then, you know, trying to feed Little Havana as much as we could. We were um, sure. a lot of uh, a lot of food out of La Trova for Little Havana and the Kiwanis Club was amazing. And we've joined forces, you know, wherever we could, World Center Kitchen, whatever it was, we were trying. But then the numbers started to spike. And after we closed, uh, a few people from our restaurant got really sick, not from the restaurant, but afterwards, and but really, really sick. And so it's just, it's too chancy. I can't chance, you know, my staff coming back to do anything right now. Um, so I've been busy. I've, I've taken on a new job, which I love. I'm a consultant mm-hmm. for a company called Reef. And okay. Reef Kitchens open these ghost kitchens all over um, South Florida, but they're all over the country. And um, I help them kind of decipher the recipes of fine dining restaurants, whether it's restaurants that will only be in New York or only be in California. But I help them, uh, their chefs, learn how to make this kind of upscale food, but to go. Because it's all... Yeah. They own most of Uber Eats. And so that's been really cool. And I can do it from a computer and I do videos and I teach them how to do these recipes, which is really cool. Uh, and we're starting our own platform. I think I'm going to be call- be calling it, if you guys think the name isn't too ridiculous, it's going to be called Mishi Bees. Um, what is it? Mishi Bees, uh, either Pantry or um, Greatest Hits, I was thinking. But it's all my sure. food from like... You know, the nachos from Sweet Liberty and mm. uh, the arroz con pollo from La Trova and the croquetas from Mishi's and different, you know, yeah. different things that I've always been known for in the past. So that's breaking news here right now that yes, you're coming yes. up with this thing. We are the one breaking this. It's not Channel 7, not <laughs> so Channel 10. On to our souls. We got a scoop on this one. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. There we oh, go. Oh, my gosh. I like the greatest hits idea and even like kind of designing it like it's a box set like you would like yeah. back in the day when we were all younger and you'd get Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. You know, that, that'd be amazing. Well, we'll make sure if you have the... Uh, if you have the website set up in that, we'll make sure that we include that in oh, our good. show notes. I have nothing, but, um, oh, but okay. look for it in the future. But, but it's an idea. Yeah, yeah. 
But we John, have lots of ideas too. Remember John, when I used to do Wednesday fried chicken at Michi's, do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's- so we're actually doing that. Um, we're doing that out of our own ghost kitchen and um, we're delivering on Wednesdays now. Fried chicken, of course, can't be all you can eat because you're at home, but it's fried chicken dinner. Nathan, Nathan wants to know if you deliver to uh, Broward oh, yeah. County. <laughs> you know what? If you're not in Dade County is free. And if you're in um, Broward County, there's a really small fee that we charge because we're delivering. Uh, so I actually delivered last week. It was kind of fun. I was like tiptoeing. Oh, how cool is that? You know, so then, yeah. Brian and John know that as soon as someone says something, I start Googling it even during the show. So I'm about to make my order right now for uh, tomorrow's dinner. Oh, so thank you. He, he's very, Nathan is very supportive. And, and say, chef told me I can order it in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All of those, uh, we, you know who we had on my restaurant management class was the owners of uh, the cook and the cork, the uh, Dean and Keith Blauchild. Sure, sure. And they they are connected w- with you because they remember the uh, the place that you had over in the the Moore building. Do I ever? They have all my stuff from uh, from Senor yeah. Martinez. Yeah. Yes. They, they bought yes. all the lighting and everything when um, all of a sudden um, they decided to get a, a higher rent. I had to I had to be out. I had one of those ridiculous leases that I signed, which I used to do a lot because I didn't yeah. know any better. And, and, I, and I love yeah. Senor Martinez. Oh my God. You served the croquettes there too. I, I remember think those. the only restaurant I miss. You know that? It's funny. Out of all the things I've done in my yeah. career, Senora Martinez is the only one. I miss the design. I miss the food. I miss the people. I miss the style of cooking. It was, yeah. although the kitchen, I don't know if you know this, the kitchen was as yeah. big as a single bathroom stall. And I'm talking about a small bathroom stall. Oh. It was ridiculous. So I rented a place across the street um, as a wow. kitchen, but it actually became crumb, my um, mm-hmm. my takeout place. But the crumb baker, was yeah. only because I was prepping for Senora Martinez because we would do five, 600 people a night. But we didn't right. have the wherewithal to prep like that. So Certainly not in that kitchen. Finishing, yeah. It was a finishing kitchen. Um, what a nightmare, but it was mm. so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I love and miss that place as well. So um, anyway, they have well, all my yeah. decorations. Yeah, they do. So I can go visit. I can visit the Cook and Cork and see the ver- their version yeah. of the Senora Martinez yes. uh, look. All that lighting! Oh my God, we were like the first person to get that lighting. My sister designed it. We were so so wow. excited. Yeah. So they have it. So I can't. And walk they're super in there. It's too sad. They're, and they're super nice and appreciative of of of, of that, and yeah. I, I know they're they're good people. So they are representing your vision, and it that's really well nice. in their place. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy they got it. I'm happy good people got it. You know, um, but I I can't walk in just like I can't walk into what Michi's is now. Um, mm. I don't even know the name, but I, I just I can't do it. Just can't. Well, it's too hard to think. Yeah, you, you talk about the the place that you miss. I want to ask you, I mean, you've worn all of those hats that I mentioned, uh, you know, with restaurants and the, and the TV with Check, Please and and uh, and some of the other things. Which which of those has brought you the most joy and the most satisfaction and for what reason? You know, John, it's not one. It's really the fact that I was whenever I, I look back and, and I 
don't get to do it very often, but when I do, cause I'm really a forward kind of a girl, but when I do think mm-hmm. about, you know, my career and all the things that I've done and I really, really get a chance to think, cause who can think these days, you know, with the kids and the dogs right. and, the, and the quarantine, but you know, it amuses me that I never think that I've done quite enough and I have so much more to do. And my goodness, I haven't even, you know, made a a little dent in my career, but then I think about the stuff I've done and I'm like, wow, I've done okay. You know, it's like, you've done fabulous. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. I get excited because I, I forget about all that stuff and it's so wonderful to combine. And this is the thing that I love, right? Is that mm-hmm. booking has brought me so many facets of this career. I've been able to write, to do television, which let's face it, you know, I'm, I'm not the most beautiful girl in the world, but they've accepted me for TV, which is lovely, you know, and they've allowed me to have my own voice and allowed me to be kind of, you know, as comical as I am. I'm, I'm not a very, you know, serious kind of a girl. And I love that they've allowed my personality to shine through. And through So Flow yeah. Taste, I've done that a lot, too. Um, yeah. I've worked with some of the best in the world. And, you know, I've cooked on yachts and, and on horrible buses and trains and trucks and, you know, in the smallest and the biggest of kitchens. But um, what's amazing is that I will always find you know, I'm scared right now, of course, because I'm always afraid of losing my jobs. That's just how I'm built. Mm. But I know that I will always find a place to cook, you know, and and a place to to hang my apron and a place to create. So I feel very fortunate that I've chosen something that will always be with me. You know, this morning, you guys heard me and I was cooking my son's breakfast. And yeah, yeah. Well, it sounded like your sous chef, your husband, was cooking your son's breakfast, and we heard, oh, make sure you add a little stock, a little butter. He likes cheese right. on it. Yeah. It, doesn't yeah, yeah. Happen. it doesn't happen very often. And so mm-hmm. he looked at me like, what do you, I want, I want right. to curse him, but what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> just finish it for me. Well, yeah, and he's never finished the, the couscous risotto. Yeah. You know, he'll deal with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, it, you know, it, it weaves its way through everything. Like, how do I show my father who's sick right now? A little bit of love is, you know, I made yeah. him chicken pot pie and his favorite Navy piece. Uh-huh. Today. And, yeah. you know, I, I know that he can taste it. Like I was wondering if he could taste a little bit of my mom's influence in the cooking. And I was wondering if it brought him emotion like it does me. Yeah. You know? Oh goodness. Well, I, I love your passion. I love to hear you, you you talk about your career in food with that same passion. And I think that's the connection, right? I, uh, my, and, it, and it's funny because I didn't, you and I didn't meet in South Florida, if you recall, and I'll tell a story and then have, have a question for you. But if you remember, we met up in Richmond at the, the, the multi-course dinner where you were one of the chefs. And I remember you introduced in your course, it was a braised short rib. I remember it very well. And, and then there was an after party. So I was walking around uh, the after party with you and I forget one of the other chefs and we're talking about food and, and we're talking about a place to go. And I suggested that we go to this divey little hot dog bar. And that's where we ended up. Uh, at, at the end of the evening, drinking beers and having these uh, local hot dogs uh, yeah. after a gourmet five course dinner that you cooked. 
So yeah, wants to eat when you're cooking. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No one feeds you when you when you're cooking the meal. So I was glad that we were able to find a cool spot to feed you. <laughs> Who wants what you're cooking anyway? Like I don't want to eat what I cook. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but my whole career's been like this. You know, I I'm in the kitchen for 12 hours a day, and I come home, and my husband's like, "You didn't eat, did you?" And I was like, "No, you know, I was cooking it all. I don't want to eat my own food." That's when cold cold pizza is great or something like that. And you just stand up and stare, you know, and that's eating whatever's left over in the fridge. Honestly. Yeah. Anything, anything. Well, well, the three of us love like the lesser known spots. And, and I remember you, you, um, you passed on to me the, uh, the Vietnamese recommendation with Hai Vong, uh, which I, which I, I went to a couple of times. It's a little bit further of a hike from me up here in Boca. Have you found little hole in the walls in Boca? I know Boca has a lot of really large, commercial style, yes. style restaurants um, there are a lot of good ones there's uh there's one if you come up my way um i'd be i'd love to take you to nori thai for ramen it, oh, it yes, spicy please. miso ramen it is yes. delicious and the people there family owned of course small uh in boca uh, there's a good pizza place up here two cheese coal-fired pizza family run as um, well uh, it's a date yeah okay yeah anytime Anytime. Whenever we're um, allowed to like, go back in. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Hopefully soon. What, what, what other recommendations do you have that, that you haven't shared with me yet or you'd like to share with our students or these two knuckleheads? As far as restaurants? Yeah. Dive yeah, in the world. Dive in place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be open. So the scary part is, right? We, yeah. are, we are all, we're closed unless you have outdoors. And if you're a dive or a restaurant like mine, which has a predominantly large space indoor, but no outdoor, we are closed. And because we yeah. took a second hit, we're not sure how many people have run out of their PPP and, and who's going to actually reopen. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's, it's terrifying to think, but it is the, the reality. You know, I mean, this business model of ours, this, these restaurants, it was so hard to make money anyway. And sure. I mean, who knows? Maybe this this will inspire us all to change the model a little bit. You know, that's what we're hoping. Um, but the independent restaurant is really, we're all in trouble. And um, I, I beg people to, to try to help the independent restaurant coalition and go on there and, and try to get um, people from each state to really pay attention to what's going on. We, we are in talks with the mayor and we have some really great news that I'm not allowed to share as of yet, but he and Lee Schrager have come together through FIU as well. And um, they're going to be sharing some really wonderful news from small for smaller restaurants to try to keep them going, which I'm, again, I've said too much, but um, it's hard. Uh, A few of us know about that too. So you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're, we're on a call later today, actually to discuss some of the, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm able to say, or if not, then I'll, maybe I'll get yelled at, but we're talking about helping with developing the COVID regulations and helping uh, put trainings together that will help restaurants, at least on the training. And I'm not, uh, you know, so hopefully they can help on the financial end as well. And I know that you're a huge supporter of independent restaurants in the, in the industry. And it's great to hear that, that Lee's involved as well, you know, both. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What he did, what Lee did um, with Sobe Wine and Food Festival Group and FIU to help employees uh, months ago when this yeah. first was 
amazing uh, and how quickly not only did they get the money together, but how quickly they dispersed the money, which is never happens, you know, and now, so I think that the mayor uh, has chosen a perfect person in Lee to um, now come together with funding and try to help us again, not me, but, you know, the smaller restaurant, maybe the restaurants that got forgotten, those that maybe weren't part of Sobe One and Food that, you know, um, didn't know how to go out there and and get funding. So every little bit is going to help right now. So um, I know that we should be talking about more positive things, but this is positive. You know, people are... Well, yeah, we're trying to get our industry back. So I saw on Facebook that you were posting about the um, the uh, Restaurant Act sent to Congress. So yeah. we, we do need to get our, our industry back. Um, and we, we want them back healthy, but we definitely want them. Um, I want them back to dinner healthier, healthier than what it was. You know, oh, why, yeah. why yeah. we were pulling down mm-hmm. a 10% of the bottom line and that was okay. You know, it shouldn't be okay. It should be better than that. We should be living, you know, I've been working in this industry for um, 25 years. You know, I should have figured out a way by now to pull down at least, what, 12 to 15% would be amazing, you know. And it's amazing that I get excited by the number 12 to 15% when, you know, retail brings in so much more than any other industry does. And don't get me wrong, I know we do it for a passion. We don't do it for the money. Obviously not, because... Um, I live simply, but, uh, yeah, something, something's yeah. got to, you know, budge a little bit. I think that's a great segue, Johnny. Though. I love that. Passion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it gets me really inspired actually. So, you know, um, Michelle, we gave you a, a heads up about this. And I think that, uh, chef Massey and I, and professor Dodge, we all have a very, uh, a concern. I have a culinary background. I'm a Johnson and Wales grad, just like you, Michelle, chef Massey's legendary from CIA. See, that was a good plug for you, John. Did you like that? Oh, thank you. That was a good Thank plug. you for that. You're very, very gracious. And, and Nathan is a very strong eater. I'm a good. very yes. good eater. Yes. <laughs> we, we end up cooking for him, and, but he has been in the kitchen to help us. And we appreciate that every time. I have the safest kitchen in my house than both of you. So that's all I got to say. There you go. But let's let's bring this back real quick because, you know, and full disclosure, I was on faculty at the Johnson Wales North Miami campus for 11 years, taught their advanced culinary, a lot of their wine program and many, many, many courses. And uh, when it was time for me to move on, it was time for me to move on. But it did break my heart a little bit. Uh, about three weeks ago, and we learned that this campus will be closing. And I know you're a graduate of that campus. I've met you there many a times. But I think this is a, a really big picture question. How do you think, um, and John, this is also with our conversation yesterday, how do you think the closing of the Johnson Wales campus is going to impact the Miami culinary scene? Because it created many, many great chefs just like yourself. But this is, again, your opinion here, Michelle. So It was quite the feeder, you know, whenever we we needed help, we would go to them. Um, And sadly, the numbers I know because I'm there, I do so much at Johnny Wales. You know, I actually just filmed a Lexus commercial there the first week of March. Mm. And um, and it was great. I watched it. It was very good commercial. You had the young ladies with you in the galley. It was perfect. Yeah. So it's such a heartbreaking um, thing to talk about. But I know their numbers were down. And I, I know that there's less and less kids going to culinary school. Um, kids can't and don't want to put out that kind of money or borrow that kind of money right now. Um, numbers are down all over the country in culinary as far as, you know, cooks. We, we can't find cooks anymore. And, and 
it, you know, a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of young, uh, these young kids that want to be chefs and, and they tell me that they don't think that they really need to go to culinary school. And, mm-hmm. you know, not every chef or cook needs, that's true, needs to go to culinary school. But what I try to um, explain to young people is that you're not learning to cook, you're learning business, you're learning all the tools that you will use later on when it's time to open your own business. It's not so much just the tools of the trade and how to use a knife, which of course is beneficial as well as, honestly, I learned how to properly, properly fill a three compartment sink at Johnson and Wales, which honestly served me my whole career. Um, it might have been Chef Barber that was doing, ah, yes. <laughs> I'll do my Chef Barber voice for you. Adrian Barber, a living legend in culinary education. So funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, there were so many tools that I learned that you can't even begin to explain to a young person. So, um, yes, of course it's going to affect us. I mean, we went from having, I think, four culinary schools in five, you know, five years ago, to now having, what is there, one left? Is there just MCI, possibly? Yeah. And, and yeah. 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 So, MCI, locally. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do, honestly. But I, I don't think it's just here. I don't think it's just a Miami problem. This is happening all over. Uh, and I'm not sure what we're going to do as restaurateurs um, and, and executive chefs to find staff. Um, yep. It's already been a problem. It's a conversation that we've been having for a couple of years now, because as restaurants keep opening, you know, we're having a hard time filling it with, with staff. So um, this is only going to make it worse, you know, and I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared for our industry. I'm scared to find, you know, really good, strong, driven people that have a little bit of a background and that, and the desire to learn. You know, everything is so instant gratification these days. Um, You know, you talk to a lot of people that think that if they watch enough Food Network that they will be chefs. And, you know, it's all great. You know, it drives your passion, but you need substance. And we all came from substance, you know. And, of course, there's other ways of getting it than school. But to me, school disciplined me. I was a wild child before I went to. I thought you were a ballerina. I was. And I, was um, I had the discipline of ballet and I had the discipline of when I, you know, was dancing. But when I started culinary school, I couldn't sit in a classroom. I was used to dancing. I was used to being up and around. And I'll right. never forget. You remember Dr. Testa? Brian, do you mm. remember Mark Testa? That name does sound familiar. I went to Providence uh, for culinary. So Mark uh, Testa was my... That does sound familiar though, yeah. He was my dining room teacher at Johnson & Wales. He became a doctor and he went off to California and, and I'll always remember him. And he's a big part of, of, I believe, of what my career became. But he took a hold of me in that dining room class and um, he shaped me. You know, he disciplined me. I used to come in with my Jufro and, he, you know, he made me pull it back and cleaned up my act and 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 just turned me into a bit more of a you know, just polished, um, professional person. And, uh, that's what my, see, that's exactly what my experience was like with the Adrian Barbers of the world and so on and so forth. Chef Massey, you've said the same thing about your CIA experience, but I'll be very candid. You know, it's just today's demographic, you know, I don't know if they value that the same way where I think that, and chef Bernstein, I'm right there with you because it taught me how to study 
right? Number one, it taught me this. You get up, you shave, you look the part, you be the part, tea in the back, shine your shoes, you're on point every day, recipes in your pocket, right? For your particular class. And you did the best you possibly could. And as chef Adrian Barber said, he gets two quotes today, be the first one in and the last to leave. And that will be quite nice. It's true. Right. And again, it taught you this incredible work ethic that I want to be able to figure out how to, how to repeat it. So a quick follow-up, this is going to make you guys, uh, particularly Michelle, think a little bit. Michelle, what do you think needs to happen for the future of culinary education? And you can keep it as very simple as you want, but what do you think needs to happen? Oh, that's a big question. Um, first of all, I think it, you know, it needs to begin at the base. We need to somehow teach people better. Uh, we need to find people that are inspired and give them everything that we were given, even if they can't go to culinary school, it's not available. If it's not something that's out there for them, we need to be their culinarians. And I feel that we need to be the barbers of the world now. And we need to teach people the way we were taught, um, even if it's in their own restaurants. And, and, you know, hopefully one day, you know, culinary schools might come back. And if not, maybe our restaurants will become those very culinary schools that we had. Um, but I don't think giving a person a high position immediately uh, and paying them a ridiculous amount just to get them right now is really the way to do it, even though we all desperately need bodies. What I think that they deserve, younger people deserve, is the training that we all received. And I don't feel like they're getting that. So that's number one. I think finding people, listen, I used to make it a point of making my dishwashers into chefs. That was like my big thing back in the day. And I don't think that that is done as much anymore. You'll find that in certain kitchens. Um, but, you know, when we had open La Trova, um, you might hear my son and I'm sorry if you do, he doesn't know how to be quiet. It's delicious. Um, so when we opened Cafe La Trova, our dishwasher was not our dishwasher. Our dishwasher immediately was elevated to a prep cook and was taught everything about prepping. And then we'd get a new dishwasher in and that dishwasher that became the prep cook eventually became the line cook. And if they didn't want that, then they could of course remain dishwashers because some people are just happy remaining what they are, which I totally get. Um, but you know, you have to find inspiration somewhere. And I'm very proud to say that at least three of the dishwashers that I had working for me in my past, and I'm talking way long time ago, have become executive chefs and, and make a hell of a lot more money than I do at this point. <laughs> I love that. You know, and I do remember that, you know, where it was started. To, I started as a dishwasher. Massey, I think you did as well, right? I did as well. I was watching uh, muffin tins and cake tins for my dad. Yeah. Yep, the Hobart Hall of Fame, and I always remember that. And you worked your way up through the <laughs> ranks, and, and you and you wanted to inspire to do that. It wasn't that instant gratification, you know, type of thing. But we'll and figure that out. You know? We're giving them too much too quickly, and you know they're not benefiting from it. They think they are, but they're not. Um, and it's funny, I, I've learned that a lot. You know, having a young child here at home that. Um, if I give him too much and I spoil that person, um, he's, you know, what's he going to learn in the future? You know, what's can, I, can I have you talk to my fiance? That'd be wonderful. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not spoiled. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm realizing through my mistakes that um, I give in too easily and I need to be a little more of that chef, um, you know, that, that I can be. 
So, Michelle, with the weirdness of everything that's going on right now with COVID, you've had to close. I've had a lot of people have had to close. Um, but you're doing some neat things like the Fried Chicken Wednesday, which while um, John was was droning on, I ordered my fried chicken for two, uh, mashed potatoes, and the uh, what was it, the macaroni and cheese. So I got a full dinner coming for tomorrow. So, so thank you. But what other stuff, cool stuff is going on um, down in Miami and Broward County? where people can get like an awesome meal without having to go out to restaurants? What's recommendations? So um, a lot of places are doing a lot of takeout, you know, uh, and some store, uh, some restaurants have become bodegas and shops. A lot of people are doing um, meals that you can create at home. In fact, it's funny, not here in Miami, but I was reading Stephanie Izzard is on Gold Belly now selling like her pork shanks that you can reheat at home. And, oh. you know, I, I've, I've been looking a lot in our own hometown and, and I go onto websites like, have you heard of Mercado? Mercado is a really cool <laughs> website. It's a local website, but if you go into it, you can find what shops are open locally and, and they deliver to you, um, to your home, like proper sausage, for example, is a little shop, a great little butcher shop in Miami shores, really small, really delicious. And, you're not allowed in, but I, I, I call, I order and I, I go outside and they have a table set up outside and you can still have their delicious sandwiches and, uh, Wabi Sabi, my, probably my favorite sushi, uh, restaurant in all of Miami, you order and, um, they bring it out for you and, and you pay for it right outside, but, um, you're not allowed to order their hand rolls. So if you tell them that you'll sit outside and eat the hand roll, they'll actually bring you <laughs> outside for you to eat it in the car um and so you know we we try doing little things like that to keep us going to keep us inspired to eat and and to eat different things although i have to be honest with you i've been cooking even more than usual which is a lot to say for someone like me but you know i i've been trying to keep it local and keep you know i don't go to the big supermarkets anymore i try to keep it small i'll go to you know delaware chicken farm and uh, what used to be next to Brothers Farmer's Market or, or Little Farmer's Market. I went to Coconut Grove Glacier Farms the other day. I just, I try to keep it small and local now and keep all the small guys going and whoever is doing takeout, try to get takeout. Even even if you you don't feel like it, just push yourself to do it. Boya Day, a great little Italian restaurant in Miami here is doing really great takeout. And what I love from them is when you, order from them um, online, it'll say, would you like to take some flour home? Do you need some mascarpone cheese? Maybe do you want, oh. some you know, and, and it helps them and it helps you. So little things like that have really kept me going and kept my interest, um, you know, afloat for, for, you know, cooking some different recipes and things like that. So I think more and more as we're, seeing more closures we're going to see some more interesting options here in Dade and in Broward County um and you know call up your favorite restaurants and ask them what they're doing and if they're doing anything because if you don't find it online you know you have to pay people for change for changing your websites as you know so a lot of times it's more mom and pop so just call up your favorite places and if they answer ask them what they're doing or how you can help or you know can you order food to go or you know um, Uber Eats is now, if you, if you look at Uber and, um, all the different platforms for delivery, you'll see more and more of your favorite Miami and Broward locations popping up. It's amazing how many more are on there. 
And so really concentrate your efforts on, um, on ordering from more smaller, local, less kind of franchise type restaurants. I'm going to hit on that um, Delaware chicken because that is in, in my neck of the woods in Hollywood. And really, if you want really high quality at a good price of chicken and meat and fish, they always have great fish selection. Um, it's right on 441 uh, between Sheridan and Sterling. I think it's been there since the 50s. It's been there forever and, and they have a great product. So That's um, where my mother used to shop for Thanksgiving every year. She would get a goose uh, and a turkey all fresh from them. That's where I get mine. Yeah, that's the only place I'll yeah. get my produce or buy a... By the way, they make really good pressure fried chicken, um, although so does Publix, but um, they make really good fried chicken as well. There you go. All right, what do you guys think? Is it that time? It's that time. That all time? right, so it's that time. So, Michelle, you were pre-warned in a good way that this is uh, now turned into our fun tradition called the Speed Rail, where we customize questions specifically for our guests. Uh, today we're calling this Michelle's 305 edition. Uh, and of course, and she likes that one. Of course, these are this or that. And we'll ask the, the boys there as well, but we'll kind of have a little bit of fun. Now, Michelle, growing up in Miami, we, we can bring this back to the eighties quite easily. Let's think back. Is it going to be Miami vice or the golden girls? Miami vice. I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. All right. Into the nineties. All right. Eighties, nineties. All right. Scarface. Or bad boys? Bad boys. Bad boys. Oh, Scarface. All right. Come on. Scarface. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I was going to give you Dodge Birdcage on that one, but... Uh, Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love Robin Williams. He's, he's awesome in that one. All right, Michelle, your favorite seafood haunt. I know you guys are talking about Delaware chicken, but let's get to the restaurants. Captain's Tavern or Joe Stone Crab? Just don't I know, but you got to bring a small mortgage. When my beautiful fiance got her doctorate, we went there, and I was the first time I've ever been there. So just a few years ago, it was my birthday dinner ever since I was five years old. So oh. there you go, there you go. And I, right. I, my appetizer is fried chicken, and my main course is junk crab. Well, the fried chicken. Oh, that's that's the right way to go. I'm seeing See? a theme. Another reason we love you. Right? There you go. And obviously you picked up the fact that we're all big fans of out-of-the-way dive bars. But if you have to be uh, down on Miami Beach, are you going to Max Club Deuce with your friend for, uh, Anthony Bourdain? Or, of course, uh, Ted's Hideaway, which is one of my favorites. Well, it's funny. So after work, all of my cooks would go to Ted's and I would go to Deuce. <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a bad thing. Either I don't That's know. Good. All right. So it's talking about the after work or that afternoon happy hour cocktail. Are you going to be having a rum runner at Monty's or a mojito at the ball and chain? A rum runner at Monty's for sure. I'm right there. I was with, with you. All right. And, you know, uh, many, Michelle, how many years have you been doing check, please? Oh, my goodness. All I know is it's like 13 or 14 seasons. I don't know how many years that is. Yeah. I, think it's I, re I remember uh, doing something with you for your 10th season with Johnson & Wales and I came up yeah. to the studio with you. This yeah. is a long, long time ago, but that got me thinking. You know, PBS, we're all uh, of a certain generation. Uh, Nathan, I prefer if I could see your face on this one. Um, oh, yeah. What is our favorite Sesame Street character? Is it going to be Oscar the Grouch or Mr. Snuffleupagus? Michelle, which one? Snuffleupagus. John Nassie. <laughs> Uh, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. All right, Nathan Dodge. I am the Grouch, but I'm going to say Cookie. <laughs> I think you're going to go. Oh, right. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cookie. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember uh, <laughs> Grover. Remember Grover? 
Uh, I love Grover when Grover was the waiter. And I remember one of my professors up, uh, up in Ithaca, he would show Grover coming out as the waiter and that type of stuff. Um, I always consider myself the Muppet chef and I know we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Our generation remembers these things well, such as the Muppet show and of course, Sesame Street. Uh, and the last one, and that we've now turned this into a tradition, uh, was when we do have chefs like yourself on board. And when there's a borrowed question, Michelle, and you might have been asked it before, but we borrow it from uh, the CBS, The Dish, the Sunday, uh, Saturday morning show. And it's that great question they have. If you had the opportunity uh, to cook for anyone past or present, uh, who would that person be and why? I love that question. Uh, it would be Jacques Pepin. Um, mm -hmm. I worked alongside with him years ago, and I haven't seen him in quite a while. But he was, to me, one of the most generous of chefs he couldn't be more open, easy to talk to. He's exactly the same in person as he is on television. The man can make an omelet better than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. And um, I just would like to show my generosity to him, to thank him for all the years of teaching me through television. That's wonderful. So up in Madison, Connecticut, Jacques Papin, if you are listening on the Connecticut coast, uh, Michelle Bernstein wants to cook you dinner on that one. So Michelle, thank you very much for having a little bit of fun with us and your constant support for education, your constant support at FIU, uh, as well as we're looking forward to having you back on campus as soon as we possibly can. And uh, let's, let's all hope this... Uh, you distant hugs and yeah. And lots of love, and I can't wait till we can share a meal and break some bread together again. Perfect. That would be great. Chef Massey, any closing thoughts, sir? No. Thank you so very much, Michelle. Great to see you, if, if not in person, but uh, in uh, Zoom here. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you ho hopefully soon on campus, and, and best wishes to you and, and uh, to your dad and family. Yep. Thanks, Massey. You're the best. Thank you. You got it. Professor Dodge, any closing comments, sir? I just want to say thanks everyone for listening. We do have a bunch of new people. We have we did not say hello to our our Frenchman who or French woman. I don't, we don't know who it is who listens literally every single week. So thank you, bonjour. Um, thanks for listening. Please check out our Facebook page, Two Bar Stools and a Knife. Leave us a review on iTunes because um, again, I still think we only have three. So that's our moms. Hi, mom. And um, hi, mom. Thank you, mom. If, if you do like us, please tell a friend, tell a colleague, tell a lover. Uh, doesn't, tell anyone you want. Tell the guy on the side of the street yes. wearing a mask. And just tell him to listen to our show. We really do appreciate it. All right. On that note, again, Chef Michelle Bernstein, thank you very much for joining us. And, of course, if you have any questions regarding the Bacardi Center of Excellence or anything of the cool stuff we're doing at FIU Chapman School, feel free to reach out to me at bconnors at fiu.edu. And, of course, we haven't thanked our great producers, uh, Yuli and Christina, in quite a while. But, ladies, thank you as always. We love you. Thank you, you and Christina. Making our craziness happy. So uh, that's it for yeah. me. Stay safe. We appreciate it. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.